It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Successful entrepreneur is apparently much easier if one has a certain skill set, which includes, amongst others, passion, drive, and the ability to innovate. On the forum today this morning, we host some innovative minds, uh, young entrepreneurs who are looking to make a mark on the South African startup scene, if they haven't already, because uh, just looking around, no, they have already. But according to them, no matter what direction you go with your startup or small business, enthusiasm, experience, and knowledge are critical. And they will share with us their stories how it started, how they got here, and where it is that they're going. And the other thing is we always talk about entrepreneurship as the silver bullet in South Africa. It's going to solve all our unemployment problems. So here are three entrepreneurs. We're going to talk to them about where it started, where where they had some hiccups along the road to finding themselves where they are right now. Because often people think you're going to start something and it's going to fly. Well, not very often there are very many landmines and hurdles in that road to success. So we're speaking to uh, three of South Africa's brightest young entrepreneurs, uh, Spusiso Nguenya, who is the founder and CEO of Skinny Spoo Socks. Uh, thanks for coming through. Morning, Sakina. And our listeners, how are you? I'm great, thanks. And are you wearing the socks? Always, always. Even even in the in the in the worst heat ever, I have to be my own brand ambassador. Of course, you have to be. I was going to be very disappointed if you rocked up here in sandals or flip flops without never, the socks. Never. So even with sandals, you wear the socks. I don't wear sandals. Oh, okay. Because he <laughs> because he sells socks, so it makes sense. And then we also have with us uh, Tess Suleiman, who is the CEO of Rocket Seed South Africa. Good morning, Tess. Morning, Sakina, and uh, morning to all the listeners. And uh, we also have Sanele um, Makinane, who is the founder of Apex Commercial Solutions, uh, PTYLTD. And uh, we'll talk to uh, Tess and Sanele because I think um, uh, Spoo, we've heard about these socks, quite a bit about them. Mm -hmm. Sanele, you were the winner of the Big Break Legacy. Yeah. And um, I'm a fan of that show. I watch that show. Uh, So so, so tell us about, you know, um, Apex Commercial Solutions. What exactly are you busy with at the moment? Okay. So Apex Commercial Solutions is a consultancy firm. We specialize in strategy design using ICT systems to incorporate um, strategies and make them more functional by way of computerized systems. After a long time, we finally found a gap in the market and we thought that let's create a product that is able to satisfy an aching need and that is what we now call the gig card. So gig card is our new um, brainchild which we are steering through Apex Commercial Solutions and the idea behind gig card is to provide to the market a new ticketing system that's able to really become a more convenient way to go into events. Now we realize that the events um, space is quite open and there's a lot of opportunities there and quite a few monopolies as well. So we wanted to see if we can really play in the very same space and find a more innovative product that the market can really, you know, have an appetite for. So we tried it and we, we spoke to a few people who we really saw that they really want to have a product like this. You want to have a prepaid card that enables you to go to any event in the world without the hassles of getting a ticket. Because the most uh, problematic experience in any consumer now is how to get the ticket. And once you got the ticket, what do you do with it? 
Now, to the event organizers, there's quite a lot of problems. They always speak about fake tickets, um, um, counterfeit goods, and things like that. So Geek Card is a way of managing all of that without the hassles of um, administration. All of this is done in a card and a big central system that's able to give you an international nerve. And that nerve is what we are powering as Apex Commercial Solutions. So the Gig Card, is it an operation already? How far is this? We're ready for launch next day in April. And when we launch the gig card, we will be launching with a few partners. Some of them are actually cinemas in South Africa, and we're looking at other markets in Botswana. But we will start off first with our pilot in South Africa and Botswana, and then stretch it out in other parts of the world. Well, and and this is what we were talking about, you know, that uh, need for innovation, just finding the gap in the market. Um, Because someone sent a tweet earlier saying that the problem with South Africans is that everybody seems to be gravitating towards the same space. We all do the same things, and then we wonder why it's so difficult to be successful. As for um, Rocket Seed SA, um, what do you do, Tess? All right, so we solve business problems using the top channel for all business communications, which is actually email. Um, uh, we, our claim to fame is our email media platform, which takes the uh, everyday mails that leave an organization uh, and go out to customers and stakeholders, and we actually turn it into a media channel. Uh, over recent years, we've innovated and we've, we've um, leveraged the trend in business intelligence to actually then use this the insights that you get through the use of the system um, to action certain campaigns um, and and meet any objectives within an organization. So if you, uh, from the point of view of marketing, if you're trying to market out to customers, uh, we build profiles of people and communicate effective campaigns to them uh, internally within an organization. Our latest release is uh, internal marketing platform. Uh, and there's nothing... Uh, in the world like that at the moment. And basically, uh, any need that a business needs, whether it be marketing, uh, HR, managing customer services more effectively, uh, we're able to deliver on that through email channels. Wow. And um, amazing, you know, uh, when you think about how people actually come up with these ideas, um, because as soon as someone says it, you kind of think, why didn't I think of that? You know, it's so obvious, but clearly it isn't because I didn't come up with it. The socks idea, um, where did that come from and how did you start, Spook? Well, you know what we're doing? Tabo Everest on Twitter just tweeted this morning and said, um, Skinny Spook Socks is doing a a, a common thing in an uncommon way. You know, that, that is what started the brand because... I have, I'm in a space where everybody's printing t-shirts, everybody is almost doing the same thing. And I wanted to, to really show a particular group of people that we can venture into other parts of clothes and, and we can make sure you do it, you know. By the way, we're the only and the first black brand in the space, you know. So what we're merely doing is try to educate people. But for me, this is a true passion t- attending to profit, you know. I remember when growing up, and I enjoy telling this story all the time because my mom used to instruct me to wash my socks inside out and at the time it irritated me 
but it instilled a sense of attention when it comes to my socks. So I was careful which socks I'm wearing with what and how. And 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 and, and I'm also tall, as as you've seen. You know, I've always struggled to find pants that fit me properly. So to compensate for the gap between my shoes and my pants, I'd wear very colorful socks. But I was wearing international brands. I was wearing brands that were not African, and that that worried me a lot. And I was like, you know what? Why don't you start a brand? And when I started, I'd collected something like seventy pairs of socks. And 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 for me, it was a natural transition from a sock um, collector to now building an international sock brand. I started with socks that I bought at a store for five rand, repackaged them, and sold them for twenty five rands. And since then, it's been it's been uh, <laughs> great growth. We're now producing and designing our own socks. Uh, they are available at start of what. So we're just merely trying to educate people that whatever idea you have. It's possible. I saw that at Stutterfords. How much are they selling for? It's How much are they retail? Two, who pays 200 rand for a pair South of African socks? Man. I mean, what do those socks do? <laughs> those socks would have to massage my feet for but, me to pay 200 you, rand. You know, for you know what we found it out, Sakina? We, we really, we really, I'm one person who talks uh, to my people. Last year around this time, I was speaking to a father from the East End. He came with his son to buy socks from us. Now, Duduza is an hour and a half away from we, where we're at, and they used the takes both of them and i asked him what's your story he said i'm a father i do not work but for the past four months i've really been trying to get cash for my son's metric dance and was able to put up two thousand rands and come and buy two socks from skin socks and now we were trying to understand the psyche behind our customers buying our product and people are just saying this is something that we feel we own as South Africans, and we want it to grow. You know, so people are buying more than just a sock. They're buying an experience. They are growing a, a, a generation. This is a very exciting time for entrepreneurs and designers, and they feel they can identify with the Skin Sports story. But, but how were you able to convince someone to pay 25 rand for a 5 rand pair of socks? Uh, well, you know, that, that's when I, I, have, I have been um, blessed and and I'm surrounded by great people around me. You know, um, um, I keep I keep Julius, who's my best friend. He's a he's a he's a post grad uh, um, um, marketing and branding student. Oh, not Malema. Not Malema. I have mentors around me who really have showed me what to do. You know, but really, it 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 all, it all boils down to your presentation. How does your product look? You know, um, 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 where where can people find it? You know, people people are really buying more than just um, the actual. Product. Like they're buying an entire experience, how you serve it, how, 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 how you present it. You know? So we're really able to really convince the world that they can buy socks for 200. But our, our target really is to sell the most expensive sock in the world, which is something that Tom Ford has never done. Ralph Lauren, count all these international brands. And next year, this time, we should be selling a, a pair for 2,000 rands. Mm. So, um, and we are inspiring this morning. So if you're listening and you have questions, because these are the people who can tell you, can help you through uh, the rough patches. Maybe you're thinking of it, 2016 is around the corner, and uh, they can help you think through it, um, solve some of the problems that you may be encountering right now that they've already gone through. Um, Tess, again, you know, you in that um, space where, everybody seems to be playing at as well. How do you stand out, uh, you know, because people would think, yeah, email, marketing, why can't I do all of that for myself, given access to social media? So how do you stand out in a market like that? Okay, so 
Um, as you correctly say, Sakina, uh, email marketing, there are a lot of providers out there, uh, really good providers. And how we stand out at Rocket Seed is that we um, provide solutions that touch every email touchpoint. So when people think about email marketing, they usually as- associate the term with spam. Uh, we're not those guys that send newsletters out to customers and build dodgy lists and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, we actually specialize in a one-to-one dialogue between marketers, customers, uh, and internal stakeholders. So, and how has the uptake been in the market? Uh, it's been fantastic. There's nobody that really uh, provides solutions that encompass the entire email spectrum. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've been doing really well. We've got 11 government clients, lots of blue chip uh, listed companies. Um, How did and that happen? Well, uh, through grease and hard work, elbow grease and hard work. Talk to us about that because there is this misconception. People always think they expect things to happen yesterday and expect them to happen very easily. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, growth in a business takes a long time. Um, and from all the entrepreneurs I've met who've been successful, they, their outstanding features are tenacity and grit, essentially, because you've got to be willing to, you know, start slowly and build up. Um, in, in this day and age, people think that, you know, if you've got a great idea, specifically if it's a digital solution, mm. that, um, you know, you're going to put up a website and suddenly you're going to be, uh, you know, the number one provider of that solution in the country, whereas it isn't like that. So uh, with us, certainly, you know, word of mouth has played uh, a role in our successes, specifically in recent times. Uh, but elbow grease got us there, you know, um, uh, if you're wanting to start Give a business. Give us detail on that. Yeah. If, if you're wanting to start a business, you need to realize that, um, you know, it takes hard work. So, for instance, most of the customers that we've uh, won at Rocket Seed um, were through very, very cold, you know, uh, cold calling. You know, so so we literally had to pick up the phone, face, you know, 100 rejections for every one potential customer who wanted to see us, um, you know, so that we could actually show them what, what makes us amazing. Mm. You know, and, 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 and that is uh, the elbow grease that you are talking about, but also the investment. You know, where does the money come from? I was reading um, the story of uh, Techie Town. And how they said that, you know, in the first, I think, five years could be more, they actually invested all the money that they made back into the business and opened new branches. So where did the money come from? Um, well, you know, we, we, we came from humble beginnings. Uh, Rocket Seed is a company that started in South Africa, in Cape Town, in fact, and grew out into the rest of the world. Uh, and for the first few years, you know, we had to invest heavily. Uh, I hadn't arrived there as yet then. Uh, heavily in in uh, development of our technology, and uh, you know we didn't really make profit for the first few years. Um, you know, so so the the problem with entrepreneurship uh, and the issues facing entrepreneurs in South Africa is that getting finance for a startup is extremely difficult. Um, so we had a funding in the form of you know, investment from shareholders. Uh, We have a shareholder in the UK who was heavily involved in the funding of the business uh, in its early stages. And, um, you know, uh, in the the history of Rocket Seed, to let you know what what entrepreneurs face is that you, you you know, we've never once even gotten a bank overdraft. 
you know, never mind funding mm. or, or, or financing from any of the, the banking institutions. Uh, and we had to rely heavily on, on investment from, from shareholders. Mm. And um, when you say, you know, um, especially for someone overseas, does, does that mean that uh, people in South Africa, you know, were less open to the idea of investing in a startup? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, through my experiences and dialogues with uh, venture capitalists, for instance, um, you know, they want a solid um, balance sheet, you know, before they're willing to do, invest in your business. Uh, and and the, these are the issues that face entrepreneurs is that you need to actually get a business that's viable and shows p- the potential of, of accelerated growth before anybody is willing to invest in you. Well, if you could get there on your own steam, you wouldn't need them now, would you? Um, Sanele, what's your background? You know, h- how do you come into this space? Where do you come from? Right, I come from a, a social entrepreneurship space. Um, a few years ago, my partner and I started an institution that was um, getting young people involved in science, engineering and technology. And we were doing these initiatives whilst we were still in high school. Um, so in 2007, when I then finished my matric, well, I actually failed my matric, I had to find a credible solution for my own career, something that I can pursue. I had actually wanted to pursue law, but because I could not get the right grades for me to be admitted into a degree for law, I then chose entrepreneurship as an alternative. But I was, I, I was doing that at the background of the ability of two things which I think I had. One was I had a bit of street wisdom. And that I used to try and match it with some book wisdom. So the ability to hustle is what got me into business. I managed to see where the gaps were and I tried to work on that. And I said to myself, I have the street wisdom. I know how to get people to either believe or people to want to buy into certain things. And I said, let me use the strength to start an enterprise. And at the time, my enterprise was actually... um, I used to design business cards, uh, flyers, and letterheads. But how I did this was that I saw Jetline, one of the stores, and I, I, I used to check the prices there. I used to know a graphic designer, and I knew business people. So I'd go to a business person, and I'd say to them, you don't have a business card. I can arrange that for you. And then I'll match that with a graphic designer. Once I've got the artwork, I'll go to Jetline and print. So that used to be my business. My business was just to hustle the thoughts, was to take from those who were very lazy to do for themselves and find an opportunity there. So that grew because they started demanding a lot of, uh, like a, a different range of things. They'd say, I want company brochures now. I want to start doing um, branded clothing and things like that. So it forced me to research alternative branding items for people. And as a consequence, after a long time, I realized that there's quite a huge chunk of opportunities. And that's what I started using. So that thing was what really got me into business. You see, for many people, uh, failing matric would be like such a major stumbling block that they would actually struggle to pull themselves up after that. But we'll come back to it. Uh, let's just uh, take a few calls before we go to news. Um, 891 is the number to call. We're talking to some young, successful South African entrepreneurs this morning. Tessa uh, Suleiman. We also have Sanele uh, Makinane, as well as Pusiso Ngwenya. So uh, call us with your uh, questions and um, w- or even if uh, you just want to make a comment. 891 Let's speak to uh, Brian Umpono um, uh, who's calling us from the Eastern Cape. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? I'm um, good, thanks. And you? Uh, morning to Sanne, Nesliman, and uh, Mr. Ngwenya over there. 
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, right. sir. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, I'd like to without uh, all sports I'd really, really like you know, I've been witnessing the both of them over the past three, four years and witnessing their growth in, 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 in terms of business acumen. They have done so, so well for themselves. And the common denominator between the two of them is consistency and resilience. Usanele has shared some of his hardships with me, he'll recall, about three years ago. And to see him on your show today and the level of growth he has achieved, I only wish to see the next 10 years where Apex will be. And the same goes for uh, Mr. Nguenya, the Fox. You know, it's the simple things that really, really set us apart. You know, we all go for... The, the complicated and sophisticated stuff. Uh, there's a bank in South Africa that says it so well that uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And you know, what a pair of socks, one would think, oh, gee, you're not. But he has managed to brand a pair of socks. It's almost like bespoke shoes. He's doing the very same with socks. And I wouldn't be surprised if an Italian shoe designer in Italy or anywhere in the world would want to would want to co-brand a shoe uh, their shoe with uh, Mr. Wenger Fox. As for Sanele, well done, mate. Well done. Keep 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 at it. Keep pushing. And yeah, don't sleep more than five hours a day. That will set you apart. <laughs> well, <I'm laughs> <avoid that. laughs> thank well, you very I much. I would have thought sleep is important. <laughs> never. Brian, uh, thank you so much. You don't sleep. I don't sleep. Ah, I could never be an entrepreneur then. Uh, 8.30 and news headlines coming up. We'll continue taking your calls after this. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. And we're talking to young, successful South African entrepreneurs. And I'm glad to see that... We've achieved our objective here this morning if the social media messages are anything to go by because we wanted to inspire South Africans this morning. We wanted to show you that despite everything that you read, that you see about businesses failing, it's not all doom and gloom. And maybe we can get some secrets, you know, from our entrepreneurs this morning who have been able to be successful. Maybe they can tell us exactly what to do, what it is that drove them to the point where they find themselves right now. And um, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a successful entrepreneur, call us. Maybe you're struggling, call us. Ask the questions. But uh, we also want to hear your success stories because that is what we are all about this morning. We're joined on the line now by um, Tukulujo Petla. And um, he's a businessman and a student. And he's looking to show the world what progressive African leadership looks like. Mm. Now, there is a tall ask. Tukulujo, what exactly do you mean by that? And what are you doing about it? Basically, we I, I believe in African industrial development. I started my first business called Money Tree Group about two years ago, which was a media and publishing business uh, to give Africa its own voice in media. And uh, from the money we made there, we started a, a business called Black Industrialist, which is in line with the Black Industrialist policy that's re- being launched soon. And we're working on formalizing informal markets in South Africa and Africa uh, by supplying them with fresh produce. So we supply hawkers in Swane with fresh produce. 
are sourced from small-scale subsistence and black farmers. So what I mean by that is doing business in a socially responsible way that actually has measurable social impact and addressing some of the issues faced by Africans. Mm. But without much access to resources, as we've already heard this morning, how did you go about setting up? We were fortunate, uh, to be honest. I always tell people that every entrepreneur needs five resources to be successful. Uh, number one is a telephone, internet, transport, good good nutrition, and a mentor. Yeah, that, those are my five key principles. We were fortunate enough to have a mentor who uh, gave us venture capital and opened many doors for us when we were starting out in the publishing business. Um, and he, he literally bankrolled us every month through the learnings, through the mistakes, uh, gave us office space. And so we were very fortunate in that respect. And I think he was patient with us while we were growing as well. Uh, so... Was this someone you knew? Because, and I'm basing this on a tweet that I have here from Sengi Pengu, who says that you can work hard and all of that, uh, but you will fail. Successful people never tell the truth as to what gave them the edge. Example, family connections. I think working hard, there's nothing special about working hard. I just to say that now. Uh, everyone works hard, right? A student, a domestic cleaner, a CEO, an entrepreneur, everyone works hard. The only thing that really matters is what are you working towards? Because that, that makes the difference. So I think many young people sometimes get caught up in the concept of, no, if I just work hard, that's enough. But you need to work hard towards the right thing. And the, most of the work in starting a business, in my experience, is in the thinking. So thinking about the business model, actually thinking about the business concept. The execution is not so hard once you've thought out a good plan. So think before you do and spend a lot of time thinking because that, that determines the direction you work towards. Well, Tukuluko, um, thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Um, another entrepreneur there, a successful one. And, and I also want your views on the issue of, you know, it doesn't matter how hard you work, unless you have the right connections, you are bound to fail. What's your take on that, Sanene? Well, I don't think that's the case. Uh, there's two things that um, really makes a difference between a true entrepreneur and somebody who is trying to. Firstly, we need to firstly demystify the perception most young people in South Africa think entrepreneurship is but a walk in the park. It is not. It is quite a serious business, and you must be able to apply yourself beyond just hard work, but be able to really be innovative all the time. So in my thinking, I think innovators everywhere in the world, they don't compete with ideas. They compete with time. The ability to keep at it. Because young people start some of the initiatives. They don't get validated in, within the time frame that they want people to assure them that you are on the right path. Mm. And if they are not validated, they start leaving their entrepreneurship journeys. They start not believing in their dreams. They start leaving and they start thinking, I can't get this done. So as young people, we must not compete with the ideas. That's not what we are about. We should be competing with time. The ability to stretch your business over a certain period of time so that you can also gain the correct hypothesis on what are the true success ingredients because they will not be the same from myself to Sboo. Mm. Smoo and I's journey is completely different, so, and there could never be a similar journey. 
So it is almost as if we're looking for the true ingredient. There is no true ingredient. Everyone makes their own recipe. How you love your eggs and how I love my eggs is two different mm-hmm. stories. And that's the same in entrepreneurship. Everybody must just boil their eggs and enjoy them the way they want. <laughs> I like that. And uh, I think I should add this, Akina. You know, um, I think social media, popular culture and television have really um, turned us into an Insta generation. We're mm. an Instagram generation. We want things to happen now. And our thing is we don't care about our own stories. You know, we want to, 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 to study and learn about um, Steve Jobs and the Facebook guys and them, you know. And we don't learn about your Richard Maponya, who was working from his bike for a very long time and now he's one of the most richest entrepreneurs in the country. You know, we don't learn about um, 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 the patience that took him to, to, to get there. You know, we want things to happen now and unfortunately it doesn't happen that way. You serve your time. You know, there's a time where Skinny Spoo Socks, we used to operate from from um, the University of Johannesburg just here in Kingsway. Um, we didn't have internet. We didn't even have a laptop but we're, we knew that social media is a great platform for us. It's our television so we need um, to, to use those resources there you know but it, when it comes to connections I, I come from a family I'm the first one to be an entrepreneur in my family a formal entrepreneur my grand has been selling things for years everybody has been informally an entrepreneur but nobody has really grown a sustainable business you know so I'm the first in my family I'm the first in my community to be doing what I'm doing and I which community is that where I'm do you from, come I'm from I'm from Zagani in the East End you know and 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 i i had to i had to leave that environment and come to an enabling environment and my career started in Bramfontein and i was assi- I was, I was assisted by by individuals like silebo of of the hookup dinner you know who took me seriously as just a small sock merchant who doesn't know anything by the way i'm not a, a natural entrepreneur i wasn't born that way i'm an artist who's just creating socks and my need to to share my socks has has really for, um 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 forced me to 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 brand them to package them to protect them and multiply them you know and slowly but surely i was learning to be an entrepreneur and i was introduced to spaces like your sir richard Branson center of entrepreneurship individuals like dumisho masha and dj spoo who really came on later to assist an already moving train so entrepreneurs should start with their own you know um uh, most of us started from just having a job and you started leaving your job slowly but surely but we all started with our own money with what we have and i get angry all the time when people say we have it easy you know and mm. we, we don't at all and these connections that we made we have built them over time nobody came to my place and said i want to help you i went to them i begged them i bought them coffee and I didn't have that money to buy them coffee. Mm. But I built a relationship with them, which is why they were able to introduce me to other networks. So people should just leave their comfort zone and go out there and stop complaining and go out there and work. Yeah, and expect to be knocked down a couple of times. Absolutely, um, Sakina. Uh, as uh, Sanele and Spoo have, have said, uh, you know, it, it takes more than just hard work to be an entrepreneur. And... Um, you know, just talking in the studio while we were off air, um, you know, n- none of us started out with connections. Connections is something that you build up. Um, you know, I also come from humble beginnings, you know, a girl from the railway line in Mayfair. And I definitely didn't have any connections. Um, but as time, you know, Sanele earlier made a very good point when he says that uh, one of the things that defines an entrepreneur is the ability to hustle. Um, and I would I would agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, if you want to build something uh, that's meaningful um, and something that's going to grow, 
you need to be able to identify opportunities and act on them. And you need to overcome your fear. Um, and you build connections over time. And I always say to young women uh, looking for advice about becoming entrepreneurs and making their mark on the world, is that you have to try your luck. You know, if you see an opportunity, you need to hold your breath and just go for it. You need to ask the question. You need to uh, call up that person that could introduce you to somebody else. You know, you you really just need to try your luck, uh, do the hard work, and the rest follows. And I would think that it would probably be slightly more difficult for women than it is for men, given the patriarchal nature of our society. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, along my own journey, uh, I found that it takes an enormous amount of effort um, to build up confidence in male peers. Uh, and it, it certainly, you know, uh, in our society, the, we are changing and there are shifts, you know, to make working environs, environments and opportunities more equitable for women. Um, but, but certainly we're not on the other side of that patriarchal society as yet, you know. Mm. Um, uh, just recently, uh, I've been talking to a lot of women in industry, other female entrepreneurs, um, and to address this issue, um, you know, and try and provide skills and support and guidance to the young women coming into the job market and uh, wanting to become entrepreneurs. Um, uh, Rocket Seed uh, has actually parted, partnered with IntelliCred, um, and uh, Shana Kay from the and I sat down and we said, look, you know, we need to do something for the women of South Africa. And so next year we're actually launching an, an initiative called um, SheLeads.Business, mm -hmm. um, which it, the ob main objective um, is going to be around connecting women to actually create those networks that have existed uh, for men through the ages, uh, you know, to help support those young women trying to make their mark um, and, you know, being successful entrepreneurs. Oh, great stuff. And, of course, um, the question of, 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 of mentors. How important are mentors in this game? And, and, and how do you find the right mentor? I would think it's difficult for mentors, too, to find the time. But, but how do you go about finding that person? And, and, and who is that person for you, Sanin? Well, for me, it's, um, it's Ezra Grandway. Um, Ezra discovered my potential through the reality TV show called The Big Break Legacy, which he founded. And the kind of um, characteristics and the type of entrepreneur he is, the type of belief system that drives him and the kind of visionary thinking is what I found myself or I saw myself in. And I wanted to try and translate his thoughts and his thinking into the kind of entrepreneur I am because I wanted to please him as my mentor. But then again, he also clearly advises me to always pursue your dream, you know, because mm. your dream is just as important. I know you want to please me or make me believe in your work, but go ahead and just do what you have to do, you know, and I don't have to babysit you. I'll tell you what to do. I'll show you where the ropes are, but it's up to you to determine the pace at which you want the ropes to run. And that has been one of the most important things to my learning. And that's where Ezra really played a very, very big role in my life. So in the three years that I've actually spent with him, I've had very valuable lessons. And mentorship is quite important because you need that person that has really seen the seas and the waves and says, this is how you steer the ship when this happens. But I can't sail the ship for you. You need to do it yourself. However, if this wave becomes a bit heavier towards the left, remember to go to your right. 
So mm. that's what the mentor needs to be doing. And that's the role that Ezra Ndondo plays. And that has been very commendable for me over the last past year. In terms of time, does he have the time to give to you as a <laughs> successful businessman in own right? I have to make an appointment to see him. <laughs> <laughs> because that usually is part of the problem. You know, the, the mentors are there, but they usually are very busy themselves. So it's difficult to find someone uh, who would have the time to actually give to a young up-and-coming person. It, it doesn't have to be an hour or two-hour session. It could be a minimum value session of five minutes, and you would have really got all the answers you want. Remember, as an entrepreneur, you need to apply yourself more. So before you consult your mentor about a certain topic, you would have done your own research on that topic so that he can just touch on the key pointers to validate that what you've found to be your research is actually applicable. So you don't go to a mentor with an empty basket and just expecting him to fill it mm. up. You go there with a couple of your own fruits and say, how do we make the fruit salad? Then he'll say, cut the pieces together and put them in a bowl and then hoi this as a recipe. That's what it should be. Mentorship is not you being told what to do. Mentorship is, yes, it's you asking and you bringing things together. That's all. The stunning stuff. Well, I, I don't make appointments. I, I'm the guy who who just pitches at your office. And <laughs> and how's that working for you? It's working well. <laughs> it's working well. And 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 I remember I used to I used to book appointments like this. I'd call people and say, "This is Musiso from the president's office," and that's how I'd get people's really? attention. I'd do that, you know. But I I I I'm a very, I'm a maverick, you know. I've, I've re- I really want to do things differently. I want to grab people's attention, and and I I would do anything for that but uh, for me when it comes to mentors you know i have i see i see different qualities in different people first of all my grandmother mimi salamina mulaking she is uh 67 years old she's my first mentor you know she's the one woman that i sit down with and we dream all we want we shape my thoughts all we want you know because i don't i don't i don't underestimate her her being in an informal practitioner in the entrepreneurship space you know she has good marketing skills why not sit down with her and really talk to her um i'm working on a collection with her um called stories by my grandmother i'd like to 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 do something with her i i saw a quality in one of my uncle's best friends kenna matlang who who is in the film space and we sit down together and we really um he 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 really channels my my thoughts and ideas. Paki and Silebuho from the hookup dinner are some of my mentors. Dumi Shomasha has played a huge role in what I'm doing also and DJ Sbu, um parliamentarians <coughs> sorry like Musi um, Maimani have really came into party and really assisted Skinny Spoo Socks. But what is happening here is that we're finding a lot of individuals who, who feel they own this thing. So which is why it is really hard to point down, to pin down one person and say, this is the one person that I go to whenever I'm facing something, you know. Mm. But I see different qualities in different people and I go up to them, you know. And some of them, they don't talk to me for something like a year because I rebel against their, uh, what we spoke about, you know. Um, for example, um, one of the country's leading entrepreneurs, Vusi Timbaguayo. You know, we we, mm. we really had a fight there, but we sorted our things out. You know, but that's that's what well, that's entrepreneurship. You know, we, we you really try to prove yourself as an entrepreneur. I guess as long as he wears your socks, it's all good. Uh, Tess, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, in terms of mentorship, mentors, I can't say that. Um, I have any one specific mentor. I've been blessed enough to have many, you know, over my career. Um, And as uh, the guys were saying, you know, you need to be willing to ask somebody to mentor you. You know, you need to go through the process of building up those networks. Um, 
what, what I can say is that although I've had many mentors, I've had very few female mentors. Um, and there is a real shortage of uh, female leadership in this country, uh, which is exactly why we're starting our She Leads Business initiative. Great stuff. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to fire a few uh, quick questions from uh, for you uh, from our listeners. Interesting questions. Um, we'll come back and do that after this. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. So let me just run through some of your messages. TK says, uh, these are the young people that our children need to be exposed to and to listen to. These EFF, ANC, Youth League, YCL, loudmouths who talk about revolutions uh, that don't exist. And then this one says, thanks for talking reality, not politics for a change. And KB says, thanks, Akina, for a great and inspiring uh, show. Can't we make this a monthly thing every Wednesday, maybe? Well, consider it uh, definitely there, KB. Um, Here's a question quickly. I've tried it on my own. Own and it doesn't work. Can any of these traps in your studios please mentor me for 2016? Well, you don't give much in terms of what it is that you want to do, etc., etc. You heard what their ideas were on that. So we'll get them to follow up because the, all of them are on Twitter. And then I'll ask them to go to my Twitter timeline because some of you are asking for their Twitter handles. We'll also see if we can assist with that. And um, this one from Tabo Everest says, I'm scared of people stealing my ideas. Mzamom um, Kwanazi um, started that one saying, I have workable ideas, but I'm scared of taking the first step. What advice would you have for people there? Let go of fear. Just That's like it. that. Yeah. yeah, go for it. Absolutely. And you can't protect ideas. Ideas are things that travel organically. So, you know, as soon as you've thought of something, if you're the pioneer of that thought, it's not going to be long before somebody else thinks of, about it perhaps not even knowing about your idea. So just go for it and let go of control. Spot on. I actually agree with you. Um, Like I did say initially, we don't compete with ideas. We compete with time. It's about who brings it to the market faster. So if you're going to pussyfoot around before you take it to the market, then it's a problem. Let go of the fear. So Mduduzi says, can you ask your guest if um, uh, does a mentor need to be someone who's rich or could anyone be your mentor? And I think Spoo answered that uh, by saying that he would go even to his grandmother. You know of someone somewhere who uh, perhaps would have that right sort of vision that you need to plug into. Mm-hmm. About 80% of business is passion and passion is something you derive from people. You don't derive from wealth. It's not, you, you, you're not going to get passion from having somebody who's got a billion. You're going to get passion from somebody who validates your dream. That's who you need to circle yourself with. Those are mentors, not somebody who has money. Yes. Well, unfortunately, <clears throat> time is up. Amazing how quickly an hour flies by. Sakina, just a quick one. Mm-hmm. People can go now, as we're sitting here, uh-huh. to Stutterfords and Santin and in Eastgate <laughs> and go and buy a pair of skinny socks. <laughs> we can't waste this hour. Go to Stutterfords <laughs> and buy a pair of skinny socks. Thank you very much. Sanin? He beat me to it. <laughs> That's the best ad ever. <laughs> So the gig, uh, the gig uh, card, when's that on the market? It's in um, in April. We will be launching the first um, gig cards, and then we're gonna be launching the first hundred exclusive ones to a few prestige people, and they can all enroll on our website for that. Great stuff, Jess. Uh, listeners can connect with us on uh, rocketsea.com. Uh, if you're a young lady and you're interested in joining our, our network of uh, for mentorship. 
uh, you can go to sheleads.business um, and register there you know, to express your interest. And when we launch, we'll be in touch. Well, thank you so much uh, to all our guests this morning. Tess Suleiman, CEO of Rocket Seed SA. We also had uh, Sanele Makinane, who is the founder of Apex Commercial Solutions, as well as Busiso Nguenya, the founder uh, and CEO of Skinny Spoo Socks. And Mzamo says, I'm letting go of fear. Um, this time next year, I will be on the show. And I'm going to hold you to that, Mzamo. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them.